0: so let's pray. Lord, we come in Jesus' name. We come to offer our songs of worship and our prayers of hope. Come and meet us, Lord. Come and meet us so that we can worship you. Come and meet us, Lord, so that we can worship you via our Zoom service today. Amen. Our reading this morning comes from John's Gospel. It's John 1, verses 35 to 42. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went, and they saw where he was staying, and spent that day with him. It was about the tenth hour Andrew and Simon's Peter brother uh, was one of the two who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find Simon and tell him, "We have found the Messiah that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus so let us Let us pray. Lord, by the power of your Spirit, be with us as we delve deeper into the characteristic of Andrew, one of the twelve disciples you call to follow you. Bless all of those who will preach your word this week. Amen. Now, the last time I preached, I told you about Simon, also known as Peter, the rock. This morning, it's Andrew's turn. Note what this small piece of gospel says. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. In fact, he was the very first one uh, to be called, and yet he takes a bit of a back seat, whereas his brother becomes the leader. As we shall see in a minute, he was eager to follow Christ and introduce others to him. After about 250 words, I was beginning to ask myself why did I decide to write about Andrew. Peter and Andrew were originally from Bethsaida, which is in the northern area of Galilee, and at some point, whether due to the fishing business, they relocated to Capernaum, which was a good area for fishing, and it was one of the key trade routes. They were probably lifetime friends with um, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were also fishermen. So how exactly did they end up listening to John the Baptist in the wilderness? Well, we don't know and we're not told. Maybe they were having a break from fishing. But we do know that this is how they became disciples, first of all, to John the Baptist. And that is where they were when they first met Christ. Also, this group of small group of four, like I said last time went to places with Jesus that the other disciples didn't go to. There was a lot of rivalry amongst them as to who was the greatest. And what Jesus did was he trained them. He trained them for leadership and in their own ways they all became leaders in the early church with Jesus Christ himself as the cornerstone. Of the four in this group, Andrew was the one who was the least conspicuous. In fact, I struggled to find out much about him. His name only appears nine times in the New Testament. And most of those times he was just one of the 12. Andrew lived his life in the shadow of his better known brother. And many verses in the Bible seem to just mention him as Peter's brother. Usually you'd expect to see some sort of sibling rivalry, but you don't get that with these two. In fact, it's almost as though he told his older brother about Jesus, knowing that he would be a good leader. He knew his brother was a domineering type of guy, and uh, we never, I suppose, that hanging about with Peter and the other disciples, it probably did get him into hot water at some times, but... We never really hear anything bad about him. Andrew had a good heart and he didn't want to be the centre of attention. He was happy just to use the gifts that God had given to him. He seems to be thoughtful and whenever he speaks, which isn't very often, he always says the right thing. Like I said a moment ago, Andrew's personal encounter with Jesus took place a few months after Jesus' baptism. Andrew and John were standing next to John the Baptist when Jesus walked by, and in 1 John 35 to 36 it says there, the next day John was there with two of his disciples and when he saw Jesus passing by he said look the Lamb of God and they immediately followed Jesus. Now they weren't being fickle uh, by stopping to follow John the Baptist because he'd already told them that he wasn't the Messiah and that he actually told them to make the path straight for the Lord. And then we read on a little bit more that Jesus asked them, what are you looking for? And they replied, Rabbi, where are you staying? Now is it just me but is that the sort of question you ask someone you've just met? And Jesus replied, come on, come and see and they stayed with him for the rest of the day. During my research, some commentaries say that Jesus was probably renting a room or a house, but that's not really important. But the thing, this passage about Andrew and John is that they were privileged to spend the afternoon and we know that because we're told it was about four o'clock and they spent the evening in private fellowship with Jesus and they left convinced that they had found the true Messiah that's the real message that's the message I want to give you this morning. These two guys met Jesus, they became acquainted and began to be taught by Jesus that very day and that is how they became the first disciples. Let's just recap for a moment verse 40. Andrew Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who had heard what John had said and had followed Jesus. Now wait for it, verse 41, the first thing he did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. That news was too good to keep to himself. So he found the one and only person who mattered to him. And he led him to Christ. So what happened next? Well, they didn't follow Jesus straight away because we are told in the scripture that they went back to their day job of fishing And it was several months later that Jesus came to Galilee to minister. So let's pick up the story from here in Matthew 4 verses 18 to 20. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. It was at this stage where they left the fishing industry to become more permanent disciples, and looking through the various accounts of the calling of the disciples, Andrew isn't mentioned in Luke's account, but he is in Matthew. Like I said earlier, he seemed to be more in the background and I suppose somewhat hidden but he was there with the others after all he'd spent most of his life in Peter's shadow quietly listening and giving insights into things that the other disciples had trouble grasping but Andrew was better known at communicating um, with people on a one-to-one basis. He could see the bigger picture. Take for example the uh, feeding of the 5000. It was Andrew who brought the boy with the loaves and the fishes to Christ. Jesus had gone to a mountain to be alone with the disciples, but word got around that he was in the area and a huge crowd of people gathered and it was almost time to eat. And Jesus made it clear that he wanted to feed the multitude. All the other disciples were at a loss as to how to feed so many people. But it was Andrew who took the boy to Jesus and said, there's a boy here and he's got five barley loaves and two fish, two small fish. Now Andrew knew that Jesus wouldn't issue a command unless it was possible for them to obey it. He seemed to understand that no gift, however small, is insignificant in Jesus' hands. So Jesus told the disciple to get the crowds to sit down in groups and he blessed the food and the disciples distributed the food and there was plenty left over. Well of course we know Jesus could produce the food if he had to. But he didn't need to have that boy's lunch but it illustrates the way that God always works he takes the small gifts of those who give faithfully and he multiplies them in John 12 verses 20 to 22 it says we hear that some Greek sought out Philip and asked to see Jesus. And Philip told Andrew and he in turn told Jesus. He was the type of guy who knew that Jesus would like to meet anybody who wanted to meet him. He was comfortable in these situations. Andrew brought people to God One by one. I wonder how many people back in the day would give their testimony and say that it was Andrew who brought them to Christ. Remember, it was Andrew's act of faithfulness that brought his own brother to Christ. So let me ask you a question. Are you able to bring a friend, a neighbour, a work colleague? Are you able to bring them to Christ? Let me ask you a, a, a question. I want you to complete this sentence. I am a Christian or a believer because. Now complete the sentence. I would say, I am a Christian because Jesus changed me and he is always there walking beside me. And I want you to ponder that question often I am a Christian because I want you to seriously consider this because I'm sure that when Pastor David returns from his sabbatical he'll probably be asking you the very same question God works differently in each one of us and it is such a blessing when you can befriend one person and bring them to Christ. Andrew was happy to serve and he didn't mind being in the background as long as the work was being done. In fact I think that he preferred to do it that way and when they were arguing about who was the greatest Jesus taught the disciples in Mark 9 verse 35 that if anyone who wants to be first he must be the very last and the servant of all. This was Andrew's character. Here he was, the quiet one, the one who was the first to hear that Jesus was the Lamb of God, the first to follow Jesus. He was the one who was had the closest access to, to, to Jesus, and yet he doesn't get much rec- recognition. But he didn't really want it. The only thing he wanted was the Lord to say, Well done. His legacy is the example that we have that show that it's often the little things that count individual people like the boy with the loaves and the fishes or the widow and her mite. Andrew is there quietly, quietly in the background and getting on with the job. And God, God loves all of that because like it says in 1 Corinthians 1 verses 27-29 to But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not. To nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him so let's just finish with a prayer Lord we thank you for Andrew for his quiet unassuming ways of bringing others to you we remember the boy with the loaves and the fish We know that you can do amazing things with whatever we place in your hands. Lord, whatever we have is yours, and whoever we are, we are yours. So use us to do your will quietly, like Andrew, and use us as your servants to bring others to you. We meet them on our path in this life. Amen. So let us be still for the presence of the Lord. He is moving all around. Lord, hear our prayers for the world, for the church and for each other. We pray for our environment and for the environmental groups and campaigners who seek to protect your world, for future generations. So Lord, teach us to live more responsibly and help us to reduce our carbon footprint by cutting down on our waste and by recycling and using more environmentally friendly products. We pray for governments and leaders. Father, please give them wisdom in their choices that they make for us. Help them as they think of how we are living today and the effect that this will have on for tomorrow. We pray for your church and its leaders, for missionaries and evangelists, for pastors and preachers and worship leaders and for the fellowship of believers. We offer our prayers for Union Church at Totteridge, for Ronnie and Karen, and for our minister David and his wife Inica. Bless all of those who lead Bible study groups, home groups and daily prayers and those who look after us pastorally. Bless Elaine and Alex, and the church leadership team, and all of those who give freely of themselves for your kingdom. We pray for those who were caught up in the collapse of the building in Miami, and for all of those who are known and unknown to us. We pray for our friends, our families, our neighbors, and our work colleagues. Whatever they're facing, Lord, we ask that you will walk beside them on this journey of life. And so may we be like your disciple, Andrew quietly serving you, Lord. And we say together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples as we say together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. And so we go with the blessing of God the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, resting and abiding with us, today and always. Amen.